Ah, buongiorno, beautiful beings, and welcome to another very special episode of the TB Podcast. This is the third of our special Psytrance series, with special thanks to Paradigm Festival, with this episode recorded live earlier this year, just days after Paradigm 2019 in Melbourne. We also had the privilege of interviewing Perfect Stranger and Mandragora at Paradigm, and these recent episodes can be watched in full on our DoofTube YouTube channel and listened through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. This can all be found also at trendsoft.com with links to all our TB podcast episodes and videos in the menu at the top of the page. You can also follow along with all of our show and tell segments through the links at trentoff.com. Highlights of today's episode can also be viewed in multiple videos with Julian putting together a mini part series of some very cool videos with today's special guest. This again can be witnessed at trentoff.com on the DoofTube YouTube channel or in our TB podcast playlist on DoofTube. Special thanks to Lev and the parade touring team behind Paradigm, who are also having the biggest party of spring coming up, the awesome Hologram 2.0 event on Grand Final Eve Eve, which is Thursday, September 26th from 6pm at Festival Hall in Melbourne. September 26th also happens to be my dad's birthday, so shout out to Lee. Happy birthday, Dad. We all love you here from the podcast. Tickets are available through Hologram's 2.0 Facebook page. Here we get to see Asterix, who missed out on Paradigm due to the birth of his child, which we actually talk about in this episode. Also featuring at Hologram 2.0, we have Blastoise, John Double O Fleming, Shugs, John Askew, Schneider, and the awesome Liquid Soul. You can also contact us here at the TB Podcast, as we have a special discounted industry tickets exclusive for listeners of the pod. So hit us up on the TV podcast page, give us an inbox, and we'll uh, give you the rundown on how you can get specially discounted tickets for Hologram 2.0 on September 26th here in Melbourne. Liquid Soul will also be doing a special after show on the Saturday night, which is the 28th. That'll be at My Aeon in Brunswick. This event is presented by My Aeon Events and Paradigm with Parade Touring and also Liquid Soul being the headliner at that event. Also supporting at the sideshow there on the 28th at My Aeon is our favourite producer here and the man behind the new Soul Music label, that's spelt S-O-L, music, is Julian LePep, aka Perspective, who'll be playing his beautiful sigh at My Aeon on September 28th. The track currently pumping in the background is Perspective's latest release, Abstract Mind. This is currently available on Beatport for only $2.69 Australian, and you can hear more from Julian, his producing partner Oscar, and myself each Thursday night from 8.30 to 10pm Melbourne time on our show Perspective After Dark on KISS FM 87.6 in Melbourne or by watching our live stream through the KISS FM Facebook page or at kissfm.com.au. We've also compiled a playlist on the KISS FM Facebook page with all of our Perspective After Dark episodes so you can watch the live streams and stay up to date with the hottest Psytrance releases from across the globe and some of the best underground techno tunes that we've been pumping and has our scene absolutely buzzing. Alright, enough about us though. On to one of our favourite artists that we've had here and we are absolutely blessed with the time that he made for us. He gives us some amazing insight into not only his career and experiences along this journey, but some excellent advice for those aspiring to have careers in this industry, whether as producer, DJ, party runner, 
this is definitely one not to be missed. Thanks again to Paradigm. Get your tickets to Hologram 2.0 and subscribe to DoofTube. Without further ado, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, making his way to the mic, six foot four, from Tel Aviv, representing Stereo Society, Omega, Nano Records, Andy Bolger, it's Freedom F -f Fighters! Pew, 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 pew! Pew, pew. It is a gloomy afternoon here in St Kilda East. We are coming off the back of Paradigm. Welcome to the show, Mr. Fighters. Uh, Sharaf? Yeah, Sharaf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I try to pronounce it. No, it's it. okay, don't worry. <laughs> Nobody knows how to pronounce <laughs> it anyway, I'm used to it. Thank you very much for being here, sir. Thank it you for having awesome me. It was awesome to see you perform uh, last weekend at Paradigm Festival at Flemington Racecourse. First of all, three quick questions. Uh, when's your birthday? 23 of July. <laughs> okay, you have to think of 23. Um, birthplace? Uh, Israel, which is Beersheba, definitely, the yeah. south of Israel. Yep. And what's your favorite country to play in? Ooh, Australia, easy. Ah, there we go. We've buttered yeah. him up very nicely. Um, first of all, is this a test or just a series of questions? Oh. <laughs> um, are we actually experiencing an encounter? You'll tell me. <laughs> Get that one out of the way. Um, all right. Uh, thank you very much, mate. Um, it's great to have you here. Uh, at Paradigm on the weekend, you graced the stage more than once. Can you explain a bit what happened there and um, the experience itself? Oh, yeah. Um, so one of my really good friends, Asterix, um, mm. had to be rushed into the hospital for a very good reason, actually, yep. because his wife gave birth to a second son. Yes, which is amazing. Yep. Do you know um, what they named him? Uh, no, not yep. yet. I haven't okay. asked him, yep. but I had the time to um, obviously congratulate him. Fantastic. Um, so we couldn't make it, unfortunately, yes. uh, which everybody understood, obviously. Yep. And he's um, also one half of Alpha Portal. Yeah, with Ace yeah, yeah definitely. So I had to um, fill in for him, for mm -hmm. his main set, for Asterix's set, which yes. was um, a very big honor. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was an amazing experience as always. Melbourne is always a place that feels like home. It's yes. always good to be here. I've been playing here for the last practically seven years already. This mm -hmm. will be the seventh year. Yep. So, um, yeah, yeah. it's a great experience as always. We had like a bunch of rain, which was very mm -hmm. unexpected. Yes. But, uh, yeah, yep. um, good experience. Well, we have seen you play at Paradigm twice now, Electric Parade. Rainbow Serpent Festival. So um, we've been very lucky for you to, to come and take us on some wild journeys with our feet and into our brains, I suppose. Um, but with a set um, such as Paradigm and I guess playing the second one a bit last minute, how much preparation do you put into the set itself? Um, do you know just the first two or three songs you might want to play or are you just feeling the energy of the crowd? Uh, that's a good question, actually. Um, well, to be honest, I usually, b before like big sets, before big parties, parties that I feel that I have to prepare myself, I usually sit down and I write a playlist of like ideas. Yeah, sure. But um, it can all change with a, f you know, in a heartbeat because yep. it depends how the crowd looks and how the energy is in mm -hmm. the party. So um, basically I have an idea of what I want to play, but mm -hmm. usually like 99% of the time I change it on yep. spot. Yep. But I just like to have a beginning and an end, yes. you know, like ideas, and then I just go with the flow so in between. So it nicely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and we um, saw one of your interviews with Future Phonic and also Cy Nation where you discussed, I guess, telling the story 
with your set and not wanting to just go for cheap drops and just crowd pleasing sort of yeah. stuff. You want to kind of be, um, what's the word, I guess, very deliberate with your style um, and discipline. Um, yeah. <laughs> how have you managed to maintain that, um, having that, that mindset into, well, your, into your sets? Um, actually, it's a good question because um, lately I've, I, I wanted to drop the whole chip um, you know, like I don't want to say cheap or stuff like that because it's someone else's out and, you know, like I feel like people want to do their thing so it's all good as long as it's coming from the right place, from like a deep connection to music and to art and you might as well do whatever you want. I just feel like I want to tell a story and, and I want to start, usually I want to start with something really low and like techno-oriented in a way and then go up to a place... I don't know, like the remix Domestic Pixel and I did for like Union Jack, you know, like yeah. I want it to be full on towards the end, but I don't want it to be too cheesy for my taste. So sure. usually I try to take people from a journey of like, I don't know, in my um, in my set, it's like 134 BPM, more of a techno oriented kind of dark place yeah. at first. And it finishes up around like 142. Yeah. Um, but for that, I need more than one hour. So yeah. to be honest, and I've never said that before in an interview, I'm like very lost when I get one hour slots because, yeah, because I by don't. The time you get into it, yeah, it, it's I'm just. All over. It, it takes me 45 minutes or like at least 40 minutes to get into the yeah. groove because at first I'm like I don't even like lift my head from the mixer <laughs> because I'm like into it and I'm trying to like get yeah. myself in in a way. So so it takes me time. So usually I like to mm -hmm. have slots of like one and a half or like two hours yeah. minimum. What, what, what is your ideal length? Two like hours three, probably, yeah. which I will do this this Friday in, yeah, uh, in the, the After Dime 2.0, yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I'll be playing. I'll, I have time to express myself. It's very hard mm -hmm. to, ex for me as a musician, it's very hard to express myself yes. um, as a musician in only one hour because my music, I, I want it to have like a slow development and I don't want it to be like all booms and drops because I can do that. I've yeah. been doing it for years, but I'm, I feel that I'm, I'm in a different place as a person and in a different place as an artist. So sure. I want to like more, you know, tell a story gradually. Yeah. Do you have a formula? Like, do you think in your head, oh, I want to make sure I include um, one older track or a certain amount of newer release tunes or, yeah. or feature something on someone else's or something like that? Or, or I, I guess even a theme itself, like what, what, what are the themes that you consider then, I suppose? I, I, as I said, I'm, I like, I don't care if it's someone else's music or my music, to be honest. It turns out that I play around 90% of the set original stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I tend to play music from other people like, I don't know, Perfect Stranger or Captain Hook, which I l love the stuff that he's been doing in the last couple of years and and stuff like that. So I usually usually I start somewhere really dark and like, you know, closed and, and very techno-ish and I want to go to a place which is more enlightened and like light. Yeah, so sure, sure. so I have to tell that story and, and it doesn't matter if it's my music or someone else's yeah. music as long as I can get the message. Yeah, sure. Um, Perfect Strangers, latest album 11 and also Origin by Captain Hooker both. Unbelievable. Amazing. Um, do you have favorite tracks from either or yeah, that yeah. you like to play? Yeah, um, I love I played it for wait like I played it for two years already. I played Captain Hook's remix of Six Feet, Six Six Feet Under. Under. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess that definitely one, one of my angels, favorites. Angels, yeah, angels. I love it. Yeah. And on Captain Hook's album, um, the ever-present Silent Observer with yeah. Detroit oh, is yeah, definitely awesome. my favorite yeah. track. Um, I play it quite often. Uh, Time and Space is also amazing. Mm -hmm. um, he has really good music. I mean, I think. I told him that last time, yeah. like I told him that a couple of days ago that he's 
the definition of a true artist for me because he goes with what he believes all the way you know mm-hmm. like if if he's doing top step with trance then he goes all the way with that and mm-hmm. if he's doing something more deep and and like clean and minimal then he goes all the way and it, yeah. you can see it like on the way he dresses on the way he speaks on the everything it's just yeah. like he's an artist 100 percent. so i'm like i take a lot of um I don't know. He's he's a big influence. He's a sure. good friend and a big influence for yeah. many many years. Well, he's a true artist. It takes yeah. one to know one, so maybe that's why you can spot it. Um, like I've seen him, much like yourself, play multiple gigs in a weekend at different venues, and it's inter- interesting to see how he adapts to those different venues and can cater to all the different crowds, whether it be more trancey or more of a psychedelic set. It's it's pretty cool to see. Yeah. Um, to switch gears a bit more about you and your ability to storytell. We'll start off with the name, um, Sharaf. When I, when I look it up, tell me if I'm wrong, but in the Hebrew, it says it means seagull. Is yeah, that it's right? seagull. Yep. Yeah, that bird does its shit. Yeah, that, that's the one. <laughs> you like chips? Um, I guess, what, tell us a bit more though about the, what's behind the name Freedom Fighters and how you came up with that. Um, because was there originally two Freedom Fighters? Yeah, Fre- yeah. Frederico, was it? Yeah, so that's true. Actually, the name Freedom Fighters came from a compilation um, by Paul Taylor on Crystal Matrix back in 2005, which I really liked, that had really good tracks on it. And I was 15. I didn't know that this was going to be my, you know, my, you know, my life, basically. So it was just like, yeah, Freedom Fighters sounds like a good name. And then throughout the years i i managed to connect that to like my name because shachaf which is seagull means a bird and a bird means freedom and you can't cage a bird so like freedom fighters kind of you know like it's like a circle that felt complete and uh regarding uh my ex-partner fred his Mm -hmm. name was uh we started working together in 2006 i reckon okay we made like three or four tracks and then then we split basically because I felt like um, I want to take the project somewhere else. I I felt like I wanted to do something more uh, minimal, less melodic. Because we back in the day we did some we we did some really I don't know uh, how should I describe it more of the full on more of a full on generation of like <laughs> back in 07 with like a bunch of melodies and transposes and shit which sure. at some point I felt like it wasn't for me because yes. um, I feel like there's this thing about the trance scene that every time something works well there is this ray of like pop that just like goes into it and, and demolishes it for me Yes, you know what I mean so nowadays it's like the songs and all that it's like when people incorporate pop in like Sightrans culture. I mean, mm-hmm. it's all good. I, I really respect the art. It's just yes. less my cup of tea. And mm-hmm. same thing happened back then with the full on when we started seeing a lot of like remixes of like famous songs and stuff. And I felt like I needed to take a step back and mm-hmm. go back to the roots and do something more deep and less um, cheesy, I would say, <laughs> but it's, sure. it's cheesy for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, as I said, I respect everybody else's art. It's just like, I wasn't feeling at home. Yeah, sure. So back then it was the beginning of my new project and, and Captain Hook just started this new project and we made marshmallows back then, which was like, I don't know, eight, nine years ago. And yeah. then um, it was the beginning. That was the true beginning of Freedom Fighters for me. Sure. The whole marshmallow era. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the marshmallow era because that is most of our favorite songs um i guess how long did that take you to make and what was some of the what was some of the thought process into creating um such a fun tune wow um wow it's 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 
been so long. Um, I was a, I was in the army, to be honest, back then. I was like 19 or 20. And then um, Captain Hook just started his... his um, he, he finished it. He finished off with like quantize, and he opened Captain Hook, and he. I don't remember if I asked him or he asked me if if I want to do a track, and then we started Marshmallow online. We we never actually sat in the studio together. Oh, to really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it just felt like I think the influence came from his music and from my remix for quantize. Mm -hmm. I did a remix of Dimethyl Tryptamine, and and there was something about um, the way the track was built that mm -hmm. Reshif liked yeah. um which was like the three drop uh, era yeah. <laughs> which was cool back it felt cool and natural back then and i was very young and i wanted to see everybody happy and like smiling sure. which was cool so we just <laughs> now you don't want to see anyone happy no, I, I do want to see people i do want to see people happy i just <laughs> i think i'll get back to it in yeah. a second anyway yeah. now. um so so yeah so we did marshmallows basically online and it took us like six or seven or eight months to like okay finish it completely yep. in the beginning Reshef was like kind of stressed about it because the track sounded not like something that was out there back yeah. then it was kind of quirky and mm -hmm. weird and like that marshmallow sample and all yep. that and i told so, him that i just gave him my honest opinion i told him i think it's a great track and yeah. i think we should go for it sure. and i think he told me one day that he, he showed it to some of his friends which you really think highly of mm -hmm. and they got super excited and oh, hyped awesome. about it so <laughs> he decided to open uh to open his album yep. his debut debut album with, with marshmallows yep. and it was a great experience like i respect that track so much i think sure. i think we did something good that i can hear the influences of it until this day you know mm -hmm. what i mean like i can see how people took what we back then and like yeah, you know yeah, just implemented it yeah yeah which which yeah. is a cool which is a cool thing and back to your question about making people happy um yes i want to make people happy but um i'm in a state of i want music to make me think and mm. dive in you yeah, know what i mean so i think does. i'm getting I'm, I'm getting older mm -hmm. and and i don't necessarily want to see hands up 24 7 mm -hmm. i don't necessarily want to play exactly what people want to hear. Yes. I think I saw a quote one from, I don't remember if it was Guy Gerber or Kelvin Harris, which mm -hmm. said that music should make people think. And, yeah. and the easiest thing is to give them exactly what they want. But then, yeah. you know, like something else comes along, which is exactly what they want. And then they forget yeah. what you had to give them because you didn't really give them what you wanted. You gave them what they wanted to yeah. have. Well, guys so, like yourself and Perfect Stranger, I know, have definitely made me just, and Boris in particular, just think about life in totally different ways. And then um, it's seeing you guys do that in the way that you've done it, that when I then go and try to make music or even prepare a set or something like that, it, it does make you think a lot deeper about the preparation you should put in because of, I guess, the respect that you guys show you, the craft, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I mean, my, my album, my last album, Edge, which felt like a great, for me, like a great leap of like faith to be mm. i don't yeah. know i think that's the word because i i just felt like i had to do something that was like straight from the heart and like mm -hmm. me versus the machines so i just bought a bunch of like synthesizers from like the 70s and the 80s and i just had like sessions of like no light in the studio just like <laughs> this kind of lights like you guys have here yeah. and like just basically joints and and just like me versus the machines yeah, and, right. and that's the album you yeah. know like 
I didn't want it to be a dance floor monster. I, did, I wanted people to actually listen yeah. and, and I wanted to transmit my emotions yeah. and like um, the and music. For, and for anyone who wants to see, I guess, more of Inside Shahaf Studio, so am I yeah. pronouncing that right? Yeah. Shahaf? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, on the YouTubes, you do have a bunch of in the studio um, little snippets, which are pretty yeah. cool to check out. Um, also, anyone else who wants to see more whilst we're talking, you can find him on Instagram at just Instagram. It's just simply at Freedom Fighters um, and also on Facebook. Um, whilst we're on the subject of marshmallows, where is that uh, vocal sample from? It's actually from a site of like this girl that explains every drug and its influences. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I think the person who actually gave us the sample was Ace Ventura. Oh, right. Yeah, he sent it to Reshef as like a joke about ketamine. Mm -hmm. And we just decided to... Uh, it, Reshef actually brought the sample. He's yeah. the master behind uh, the oh, whole... Right. Yeah. He's the master behind the idea of like the whole marshmallow sample. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so one thing we also do like to do here on the TB podcast is play a little game, uh, which we haven't got a really special name for it yet, but we just call it show and tell. Um, so what we'll do is we'll put up on the big screen a picture from a stage in your career. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess we'll just delve a bit into what it was like then. But first of all, um, how old were you when you actually started, um, well, I guess, producing music or even playing an instrument? Or, or um, when, when, when did your love, I guess, kick off? Um, I think I was around 13 or 14 when one of my friends gave me a CD mm -hmm. of like Psytrance from the same year, which was like 03. Yeah, sure. And then um, I grew up, I, I studied in an agricultural school. So we had like one day a week where you had mm -hmm. to do something which is not just regular, you know. Crosswork. Yeah. yeah, just like work. So um, I was placed in the studio. Yeah, nice. And they had Cubase back then and they had a mixer. So I started like DJing for my friends. We were sure. like five, six people. And yeah. I had like this huge Denon um, <laughs> with like small chocks. It was yeah. awful, but it was so much fun back then. And I remember yeah. that I had to like, I used to like burn CDs back uh, then. Yeah. And like I used to collect music. And then mm -hmm. at some point I just started making music when I was like 15. And then I basically released this first track when i was 16 and i started touring while i was at school i was 17. Cool. well if we get the first <laughs> photo up um yeah mr perspective producer julian um when's this one from wow wow <laughs> blast from the past <laughs> okay that's space cat if you can like see in the background yeah, yeah sure. it was one of the first parties i played in brazil i reckon it's around 2008 that's i was what facebook said yes yeah, 2008 <laughs> um i have really good memory and i was 19 no less i was 18 here mm -hmm. yeah i was 18 um and yeah no i was 19 yeah i was 19 it was one i don't remember you know like which party it was exactly but sure. i just remember that back then we didn't have any led screens so what they used to do is like put a bunch of tvs oh, <laughs> in the background yeah. so as you see like there's like 40 inch mm -hmm. tvs behind us so yeah that's um yeah. That's what he used to do. <laughs> um, and for those uh, listening, you can play along at home by jumping on to trendsoff.com to see all the photos that we're discussing at the moment or also on the TB Podcast Facebook page. We actually had when Gid Luber was in on episode three, he, sh we had a, he showed us a video or a photo, I think, of him playing at a party 
he was playing like commercial house and you were standing in the background, but it was before you knew each other. Really? And I think he, I thought he said that he showed you that picture, but he said, yeah, he played some commercial thing. He was playing at a party. Yeah, yeah, he told me something Garrix. like that. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Then, yeah, you were in the background and then he was watching another years later. He was like, oh, hang on. Okay, <laughs> I, I love kids. I can't believe I played that before. <laughs> before Freedom Fighters. <laughs> um, next picture, please. Ah, so this is a, this is a more recent one. Ah, yeah, this is very yeah. recent. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, um, wow, this is, this is basically one of the biggest highlights I've had last year. This is uh, Adana Festival. It's um, so my... So is this predominantly a trance festival? Or? It's a trance festival, yeah. I played a set after Merkaba, which is one of my oh, biggest influences. We saw Merkaba I'm, at I'm Room in... 680 about, what, two months ago? It's amazing, amazing, yeah. amazing. Um, so I'll give you a cool um, insight in a second. But um, yeah, uh, so I played Adana and it was a very exciting day because um, I played a set of my original stuff. And after that, I did a back to back with Ryan, Rhinosaurus, right, yeah. which I'm, you know, is one yeah. of my more, most favorite artists yeah, ever. Yeah, it's well. insane. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was really good. And, and speaking of Merkaba, we'll just like, we just started, we just, practically finished the tune together mm -hmm. so we just did a track together and he did a remix of recycled and i'm currently starting a remix of one of his tracks called did you, earth did you play that remix at paradigm no the remix on paradigm was a remix that domestic and i did oh, okay yeah um so yeah so uh this is the inside about um america by and i basically just, uh, very good festival if you just drag that photo just across just like that look how those legs line up <laughs> um, yeah yeah awesome um, so how did you first i guess hear of merkaba um wow that's a funny story actually i played that festival is a guy you guys have i don't remember the name of it earth frequency, earth frequency yeah yep. so i played earth frequency two years ago i think the same year i did rainbow mm -hmm. and then um I'm, I'm a huge fan of merkaba yeah? yeah so i came i came backstage and he was talking to uh kobe from loud sure um so i just stood there and i didn't know what to say and at some point they stopped talking and i told him like just fyi dude i'm a huge fan and then he <laughs> and then he took a st step back and he looked at me and he told me you're a huge fan i'm a huge fan and i'm like do you actually know any of my stuff and yeah. then he told me <laughs> yeah and then he told me that he was at um freaks of nature festival oh, in yeah. germany and yeah. fabio leal played recycled and he ran from the dance floor <laughs> to the backstage to ask him who made that track and that it yeah. influenced him a lot and um yeah that's how we met and then i told him that listen like i'm a huge um just a huge follower of you and i know you don't i know you don't do collaborations and stuff like that but i would be more than honored and yeah. then it started when he started he did the remix for um recycled and mm -hmm. now we're doing the track together and yeah. um yeah so when will that be released it's a good question actually i don't know we're working on it right now yeah. and as soon as we finish um we'll know but yeah. it's, it's gonna take a while because like i wanna um, i wanna give it the proper respect because yeah, you know, i want it to be perfect yeah. as much as well, i can his latest album is awesome but you do see a lot of uh, similarities in i guess his tunes to well like ones that you did like the australians one yeah um, which you did with um that was with that Ma was with vice yeah Ron martin vice yep, and, and michael bonnell yeah he yep. told me that um recycled and stuff like that gave him a lot of influence which was a yep. big you know yeah um next picture lev so <laughs> uh, feature with a very probably uh, the best friend of the pot at the moment lev he helped us um 
set up our interviews at Paradigm with Manjagora and Perfect Stranger. Um, but here's a lovely picture of you in what looks like some sort of rainforest. Isn't yeah. Um, that uh, We did a party back then. Like, I, I know Lev for a while. Yeah, for so like how do you know Lev? Yeah, cool. So that's also a funny story, actually. <laughs> um, his sister used to be married to one of my best friends from childhood. So yeah, I right. used to, his name is Tal and he lives like basically, yeah, <laughs> definitely. He lives like 20 meters from my place and we grew up together. Mm-hmm. And I met Nomi when she was like, I don't know, 18 or 19 maybe, mm-hmm. maybe 20, I don't know. And then we met and then she told me about her family in Australia. And first time I came to Australia, or like second time I met Lev and, yeah. and um, all of the family and Dan and all that. And then like, we just, became friends Mm -hmm. and we hung out at like rainbow we just like really clicked and i was with them and like with him and all of his friends and you know zoe and millie and all the guys and then like at some point left told me like let's throw an after party just for our friends and i was like fuck yeah Yeah. let's do it and Mm -hmm. we just he threw we threw an an after party in like a really cool location just for our friends and i played like a two-hour set which was Was a lot of fun was that the one at king lake yeah, um, the, yeah, yeah, remember, yeah, I remember coming to it. was like 200 yeah. people there. Yeah, I was actually, um, I drove up on the Saturday night. Yeah, we didn't even know. Yeah, well, well I didn't even know Julian then, and yeah. we were both there. Yeah, but, um, it was yeah, a lot I, of fun. I remember heading up, and I had to be back, I think, for some reason on the Sunday. And I was about to go home at like 11 in the morning. And my friend Noi goes, Freedom Fighters is playing at two o'clock. I'm like, oh, I guess I'll have to hang around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, um, oh. So this um, this one we'll we'll cross over into our I guess our little other segment which we play guess the tune in a minute. But do you want to explain what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that's Manjogora and I mm-hmm. in France. We did a show together in Lyon, I think, or mm-hmm. Marseille. He's got the kilt on there. Yeah, he's got a kilt on. He's a very unique <clears throat> individual. Yes. Um, and I've I've known him for over over a decade. Mm-hmm. We met in Mexico like ten years ago yep. when he started as a um, as a follower of Freedom Fighters, which was very <laughs> nice. Um, I'll put a little bit of this one on in the background then whilst um, you're telling your story. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, what happened was um, he came up to me around a year ago and he told me that he was very, very, very influenced by my album. Yeah, sure. And he wrote a tune that reminded him uh, mm-hmm. remind him of my album and, and he asked me if I want to collab on this one which was this track Center of the Universe yeah and then I started a remix and then at some point he told me listen it sounds too much like Freedom Fighters maybe we should re- I want to release my own version I told yep. him I totally understand it because yeah, sure. I kind of Freedom Fighter the shit out of the track <laughs> <laughs> well, what else are you going to do <laughs> yeah. so we ended up releasing this one as a remix he yep. did a remix of one of my tunes and uh, I'll probably collab with him at some point I really appreciate his art yes. I think it's like something you don't see every day and some people yep. like it some people don't but I really appreciate the fact that he is very true to his art and he does mm. whatever he wants and whatever feels natural mm. to him and he's a really good guy yeah and um, we were lucky enough for him to yeah, give us what, about 15 or 20 minutes after he's set on the weekend and um, yeah, just learning more about, I guess, his similar things to what we're talking about, creative process and, and that sort of stuff. It really makes you just respect him on another level. And I'll tell you what, I don't know if you got to see any of his set, but it was when the rain was pouring down. I think the whole festival was under that tent. That's really good. the energy in there was just something else. Like, just you talk about the three drops. It was like, I described it like when you're at a football game and you know the ball goes close to the goal and there's like a little roar and then like one of the players gets it and you can tell he's going to score and then there's the next roar and then they actually score the goal and everyone just goes nuts. Uh-huh. That's what it was like. Yeah, <laughs> it's very into the whole um, drop thing, which is very cool. I remember I told them... Uh, 
that was actually the 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 point that I told him that maybe we should release it separately because I'm not in that place anymore of yeah, like sure. doing the whole football thing, which yeah. is very cool <laughs> and very nice. Yeah. But I'm I'm more into the deep, um, you know, like down the rabbit hole kind of mm -hmm. approach when it comes to music nowadays. Sure. That's the reason we decided to release it um, yeah, separately. Yeah, 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 cool. Um, well, whilst we're on that, we'll play another one of the tunes that we mentioned before here that you did with Vice and Michael Bernal. Yeah, so that's Australians. Australians, Australians, IENs. Yeah. I like what you did there. <laughs> I'm all about names, so the way that you've done that is uh, just tickled me very nicely. Um, I guess, do you want to explain a little bit about the process behind this? Did you make it in Australia? Or, yeah, or I did actually. Yeah. I, I, where, I, was, I was on tour in Cairns. Mm -hmm. And I just had like a week of like being in Canes and I, I stayed at Ali's place, Ali Bud. I don't know if you guys know him, he used to throw really cool parties back yep. in Canes. And um, I sat down in his place and I just felt like I wanted to do something Australian because sure. Australian because I like totally fell in love with Australia back yeah. then. I think it was 2014 maybe. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I just recorded a bunch of like sounds from you know like well, was, back in canes i was gonna ask if you actually recorded yeah i recorded all the, all some of them animal. some yeah. of them some of them and some of them i downloaded so, from yeah. youtube basically sure. so it's like yeah. kookaburras and like everything yeah. everything is from australia well we did a similar thing at strawberry fields we just recorded it before we went to bed so the whole town was like not the town but the wildlife was waking up so we yeah. got all these nice little sample grabs that we yeah that's in that, that's what i did and then like i couldn't finish the track for some reason something was missing and then yeah. i called up martin mm -hmm. which is a good friend of mine and an amazing amazing producer yep. and I just sent him the track and him and uh, Banel just sat down on it for like I don't know maybe two weeks and then he sent it back I finished it and this track is a hundred percent made for Australia it and I, I hope I'll be playing it for the rest of my life when I come to Australia and I yep. actually I play it every set everywhere yeah yep. oh, everywhere yeah, yeah everywhere yeah good um, but it's a hundred percent made for Australia yeah yeah uh, do you want to go to the next picture man so whilst we're on the topic of um, VMB, here's uh, one of the tunes from your latest release, Crocodilia. Yeah. Um, so this is the tune Rattlesnake. Yep. Um, which people can find on uh, all good SoundCloud, yeah, YouTube, Spotify. Spotify. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, do you want to explain a little bit about the, the new release, which also features Subconscious with Life and Hypergeo? Yeah, I haven't... Um I haven't released anything in a while, basically. Like I did the Mandragora remix, but I felt like I needed to do a pure or yeah, Freedom, Freedom Fighters, Fighters kind of, yeah. you know, like dark, edgy, because mm -hmm. it was very hard to make music after the album because I felt like I gave everything I had back mm -hmm. then. Um, so what happened you was- after the album Edge? After Edge, yeah. Yep, yep, after sure. Edge. And then I did a track with Asterix in between. Like I did a track with Asterix while I was working on Edge and um, and then I did another small release, but I felt like I needed to do something new. And I was touring, I was basically touring all the time last year. So it was very hard to find like time in the studio to actually come up with something proper. Yep. Um, so I was on tour in, in Denmark and I, I just called up Martin. I was like, listen, we have to do something new because I'm <laughs> feeling very, I'm feeling very techno trance, yeah. you know, in a way. Mm -hmm. So we just sat down and we wrote this track in like, we did a sketch of it in like, two days yeah. and then um, I don't know it just felt very uh, ah yeah I think <laughs> I, I think I, re I remember saying I have this thing where I'm like stuck with words I'm like always like I have this word and then I keep saying it for one week yeah. and for some reason I said snake fire all the time snake fire yeah and we called the track snake fire at first and yeah. then like 
I was I got home and I started working on the track and I was like, I think rattlesnake actually sounds like a really cool snack. Yeah. Ah, yeah, I, I know why. Because me and my a friend of mine and I have this game where we go to like random people and we ask them if you were a snake, which snake were you? Mm -hmm. And I, I answered that I would I would definitely be a rattlesnake because he has a shaker in the in the yeah. tip of his um yeah. yeah. So I just called the track rattlesnake and then um I just used the sample of an actual rattlesnake here in the track. So that was that track and then um and then Spiral Life showed me this track he started with Hypogeo, which I loved. It was so um just reminded me of the whole vibe I had with like movies and like trailers and shit. Mm -hmm. So I just asked him if I can like hop on it and, yeah. and I worked on it for like six months basically. Yeah, cool. And then I finished it up. That was Subconscious and uh, yeah, that was the EP and it just came out like less than a month ago and I'm, I'm quite, um, I like it. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah. I'm not really happy with anything I've done <laughs> musically because I don't think anything is good enough. Well, that's but, um, perfectionist, I guess. Yeah, I guess. But uh, yeah, that's the EP. I'm very, I'm very happy it came out, and uh, yeah. Would you like to ask Julian that question? If you were a snake. Ah oh, yeah, if you were a snake, which snake would you be? Anaconda. Anaconda. <laughs> and why is that? Uh, just because it's like the biggest one, and <laughs> it's not yeah. venomous, so it can still be a, have a good heart. Uh, yeah. uh, well, it's a cool I'd, snake. I guess I'd be an eastern brown because I'm, I'm from the. Uh, you know, the, the southeastern Victoria, Australia region. Um, I come out the best in summer when the cops are on. Um, and one bite will get you. <laughs> get you. <laughs> cool. Um, all right. Well, yeah, we'll go to the next. We'll go to the next picture. Um, and I'll I'll get up a track that's probably gonna fit in with it as well. Here we go. So this. <laughs> uh, I went off. I went off the playlist system I had going to get that song up. So <laughs> no worries. And a different state of consciousness. And one important characteristic of the new state of consciousness. Okay, cool. So onto a tune that everyone. I put the question out to a few people, what should I ask you today? And this was the common theme that was coming up. And every time someone mentioned it, I already had it on my screen anyway. Um, the track, the encounter. This one is actually the remix by Loud, um, which yep. I think is the, this photo um, sums up. Uh, do you want to tell us? Okay, let's start from the start. Where's the vocal from? Oof, from uh, Dark Skies, Dark the Sky. movie Dark Skies. Yep. Yeah, I had um, a period that I just like sampled mm -hmm. every fucking movie on the planet. And you have used a lot of cool movie samples, which I think is what yep. um, appeals to a lot of the youth in particular. Um, but I guess just go into a little bit more about the process of making the encounter and um, this is one of those songs you mentioned earlier that gets people thinking differently for sure and I guess also what it was like to not only work with Ace but then to have the loud guys come on board. Yeah, that's actually, um, it was a good time back then because we, I used to live in Ertilia which is like 10 minutes north from, uh, from Tel Aviv and it was one of the most creative times of my life because we used to live in the same place. It was domestic, Pixel, Psysex, Asterix, Loud, me, and Illumination. We just all lived right next to each other. And I remember going to, we all like um, gather around in domestic studio 
And I remember going there every night and just, I used to like come out crying because everybody was so good and I was yeah. like so, uh, they're like so better, so yeah. much better than me. That's a great uh, example of being a product of your environment though, isn't it? When you're, when you're around. A musician, be definitely. The, yeah, definitely. better to be not, to be, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. Obviously. Because you're in the wrong room. I wasn't even, I was <laughs> the stupidest for sure. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then I, <laughs> I started this track with Ace Ventura. That, that's actually a funny story, and I remember. Mm -hmm. uh, I started this track with Ace Ventura, and then um, we worked on it, and I worked hard on it, and then, um, and then I showed it to Loud, to Eitan. Yes. And then Eitan told me, and, and it was um, this period of time in Eitan's life where he didn't write any trance music for like a year or something, mm -hmm. and then he heard this track, and he was like, this is how you fucking do it. Yeah. If anybody, because back then they did the whole um, 10 reasons why Psytrance is shit. Yeah. And they fucking hated Psytrance for a reason because the yeah. way it sounded back then, not because Psytrance is bad. And then he heard this track and he, he was like, this is good. And I was like, you know what? Fucking remix it if you think it's that good. And yeah. this was actually the track that brought loud back to the studio back then yeah right 2004 so, and this is, yeah this is before they made five billion stars too isn't it it's before five yeah. billion way before yeah. um it's before no more ricks i i think or after no more ricks i don't remember and then um and then Ethan did the remix and then <laughs> so stupid <laughs> and then Ethan um he worked on the track and then he, he um he gave it to domestic for mastering and then yeah. he, he thought he was he wanted to change some stuff there that he, th he thought he was he could mm. do it like in a better way mm. And instead of sending the um, the project to Ido, mm -hmm. he took it from the screen and just all the way to the recycle bin yeah. and deleted the recycle bin. So we don't have the files anymore. <laughs> so we basically, they did the remix and it got deleted. Yeah, right. So we just like, we don't even have the files. So it was <laughs> one version that they did and that's it. But I told him it's for the best because he would probably yeah. fuck it up at some point, which yeah. I think it sounds really good well Ben Coda said the same thing with the third eye remix um, of Morton it's the same thing wasn't it he only had one version of it and had to recreate bits of it because it was a lost, a, lost, a lost classic really yeah yeah. so uh, that's the that's the story behind uh, the Encounter remix and I really I'm, I'm so honoured yeah. that one of my favourite duos in yeah. the in the site in general sure. like remixed one of my tracks yeah. and um, um, of course yeah it's 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 a huge honour yeah. so how do you guys actually plan out a song like this like Ace and yourself you like we've got the vocal and then you kind of work around it or do you have the track made and we're like oh I remember um, Ace came up to me I told him obviously because I'm a big I'm a huge Ace Ventura fan for pff, over a decade and Sisex and everything and then I was like we should do something together and then back then I did a track called Machinery with um, with Ipogeo mm -hmm. and Ace loved it and he said like you know what you should start, start something like Machinery but more dance floor oriented in a way yep and then I started Machinery and then, uh, sorry, I started The Encounter and then Yoni brought the sample of Dark Skies and I was like in love because it was like, it's exactly what I, I was into back yeah. then, you know, with aliens and like movies and like these dark atmospheres and stuff. So you're trying to make with those, like you're yeah. trying to make it like a um, UFO, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I, we did. I remember that's what I did back then, like in all of the, you know, like Million Little Pieces and The Encounter and all that. I just... I, I tried to make music around the sample I had. So if he was talking about aliens, then I would like create sounds that actually go well with what yeah. he's saying. You know what I mean? I yeah. wanted it to feel, we wanted it to feel like somebody was 
saying words in the music replies. Yeah. It's like a question and answer. I yeah, didn't want to... I did, response. Exactly. I, did, I didn't want to like, you know, just like use it in a cheesy way of like, just like a sample about drugs or a sample about aliens where nothing in the track resembles what the, the yeah. person is actually saying. I just wanted it to be yeah. on the same scale. Um, I think that track definitely influenced myself because I'll, I'll show you later if you've got the time but yeah, um, part of one of our projects we made a, an album in five point months around sound it's just like a four or five track ep um but we had the sample from men in black three off the trailer where will smith was looking for aging k yeah he goes i'm looking for k <laughs> and then um so we used that as the hook but then that's we used, good um a tr8 to have that like yeah. coming in it's very that's cool, uh, very warped but um it was that's very cool. fun to make um but uh so, uh, well, yeah, actually, we'll do a couple more photos and then yeah, sure. we can nearly wrap it up for you because I'm wary of your time. No, we're good. We're good. I have yep. time. Don't worry. I can, I can get there. I can be late in like 15 minutes. No worries. Uh, we've got this one. So, um, you've mentioned about Ace Ventura, Captain Hook, Perfect Stranger. Um, this is you with Raja Ram. Yeah. Uh, which festival is this one? This is one of Omix's festivals in Mexico City. Um, yeah, which I had uh, the honor of playing after... Um, the ultimate legend of Psytrance, <laughs> um, Roger Ram. Yep. And uh, he's such an amazing individual. It, it, like you don't, like when you, when I look at him, I feel like everything is possible because yeah. like he's almost 84 or mm. 85 years old. And he had a, I remember he was celebrating his 84th birthday um, mm. in this picture. Mm. And, and he's such, I don't know, he's such an amazing individual. It was so much fun playing after him. He has yeah. like this huge amount of energy in him and, mm -hmm. and yeah, definitely a legend. Yeah. Um, are there any other idols or massive influences that we might not have missed that have really, I guess, helped shape your career or continue to, to keep the drive in you? Definitely. Um, I'm more of a techno-oriented guy, so to speak, but very psychedelic. I'm, I'm a huge, 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 endless um, fan of Dusty Kid. Oh yeah, it really yeah. helped shaping my yeah. shaped a lot of my career. That tune, LSD as well, is very like, yeah. Fun. <laughs> um, him, Bodzin, obviously. Um, him, Bodzin, and Boris Brecha, Daft Punk, mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. They just like that's that's what I like. That's yep. who I am as a musician. And like Captain Hook and and Perfect Stranger, Morton is doing amazing stuff as well nowadays. And um, yeah. Infected, Asterix. GMS, Domestic, Pixel, mm. like the list goes on, you know what I mean? These are people that I'm very influenced by. When you're at an event like Paradigm or, or any of the other festivals you get to play at, um, especially the multi-day ones, is there an act that if they're on that you're like, I have to see them play or is it more what fits in you with your schedule kind of thing? No, no, there are definitely acts which I want to see. Like yeah. I, I did a show in, uh, I played a festival in the UK last year where the Gorillas headlined the main oh, stage. Yeah, right. So I went to see yeah. the Gorillas, obviously. Yeah, cool. And uh, yeah. Did they course. have the holograms and everything? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That and, and I did, uh, when I did Rainbow, I, I was just around, I was with Dusty Kid for like mm -hmm. three days, which was like a dream come true in a way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely. I always, I always like when, like, like let's say like, next month I'm playing, no, in two months I'm playing a festival with uh, David August and I'm like yeah, a yeah, huge fan of David August and mm -hmm. I'm like, of course I'm going to see him playing. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. Even if we're playing at the same time, I'm like playing a pre-recorded set. I'm going to see David <laughs> there. <laughs> Not really, but yeah, but I'm a huge fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, just, uh, go back to just your albums really quick. Um, so you had Rebel in 2015 and then Edge in 2017. Um, 
Well, what's important because like listening to them, I, I do find like the common theme throughout the album, um, which I guess you kind of talked about before with Captain Hook's stuff. Um, how important is it, I guess, to have like reason and a theme and a proper narrative to, well, not just a single release, but definitely throughout an album? I think it's the most important thing. I don't think you should sit down and write an album if you don't have a theme. Mm-hmm. That's my my opinion, my honest opinion. I started making music in 05 and I released my first album in 2015. It mm-hmm. took me 10 years because I didn't I didn't feel like I was ready mm-hmm. to actually release something and when I did Rebel, I felt like I have a common theme yeah. throughout the whole album, which was back then the whole movies and like scores and all that shit. Have you ever worked on movies or scores? No, before? would love to at some point, sure. but for now it's like this. And then in Edge, it was just me playing more music, which mm-hmm. mean making making music more musical and like yeah. melodies and like synthesizers and shit. And, and I just felt like... I wanted to do something with a common theme, which was more melodic. So yeah. that's how Edge came about. So yeah, definitely you should yeah. you should always you you shouldn't write an album if you don't have a theme. Yeah. Definitely, just if you have like a bunch of ideas, just do like single releases and it's all cool. But you yeah. don't, if you don't have a theme, don't go near an album. Yeah, well, with one like I don't know if you ever heard um, the Who, like um, yeah, uh, the Tommy. Yeah, um, that's like a great example, I guess, from start to finish. Just don't don't use an album to promote yourself. Yeah. Write an album because you have something to say. Yeah. So are those 10 years of making tunes before you get the theme or get the, the proper, I guess, mindset of what you want to release, have you got is it a bunch of those songs that you've made along the way, ones that you then um, like, okay, this one from 2007, this one from 2009, these ones might work. It's just a matter of making as many tunes as possible and then adapting them to fit or is it like you're starting fresh once you get the idea? Um, When I did, when I, I think Edge was, was more... Um, I don't know. I felt like I had this huge influence. And I remember when I did the first track, mm-hmm. I called up AL, rest in peace, and I told him, I'm doing an album. Like, I, the first one was Rogue, mm-hmm. which actually was the first track on the album. Like, it was the opening track of the album because I felt like I'm onto something different. I felt like I was onto something different and, and I felt like I wanted to explore that you know that rabbit hole yeah. so i went i just went with it from like the beginning till the end but i knew that i was going to write an album when i did the first track i felt like it was different enough and it was a, th- a theme track of like actually writing like good enough for me yeah. to write an album yeah. according to my research you've had five number ones tracks seven so, okay well there you go because this that's i'm going to test you on this because i was trying to actually find out which ones did go number one can you, can you name them all? I don't know if I remember all of them, but let's try. Oh, well, let's go. Let's say it was five then. <laughs> <laughs> so, Creature from the Lost World was number one. Mm-hmm. Burning Stones with Asterix. I think The Encounter, mm-hmm. the original one. Um, what else was number one? Wasteland? So- Wasteland was, it was number three, I think. Mm-hmm. But something else was number one. What did I do? I don't remember. Wow. Uh, I need to look at my play. I need to look at my tracks and then tell you what I don't remember. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If, if I'll see my track, I'll probably, my tracks, I'll probably remember yeah. which one. Here's another one that you made. 
which is probably in that same theme as the one we talked about earlier. Oh yeah, that's Shreya. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, did you make this out here as well? Uh, no, I did it. I just did it with like two Australians. I did it yep. with uh, Mr. Bill and Sentient. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a huge fan of Mr. Bill and Sentient, obviously, but Mr. Bill was just like a, an alien for me. Mm-hmm. And I remember he came to my place in like 2013 for the same time. And I was like, you know what, dude, let's let's just write a track together. I'm like very influenced. I love your, your stuff. And he just sat there and he started making music. And I took a step back and I told him, I'm just gonna be honest, man. You're like way out of my league. <laughs> I would just love to like sit here and watch you work, but yes. I don't think I can collaborate with you because mm. you're like a fucking alien right now. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what you're doing. Yeah. And then when I started writing Edge, I was like, so what, what program are you using? Ableton. Ableton, yeah. yeah. Um, so when I started writing Edge, I told him like, Bill, we have to try again. And he came yeah. to Israel for a show, and I was like, listen, I have a track ready, like not ready, but like half ready, and yeah. I want I want you on it. Yeah. And then he came over and we started, you know, like just like noodling around and like playing shit. And, and it just, it f- just went by so naturally. Sure. So, and then that's how this track came about. And then Sensian sent us some sounds. So we just, this is actually one of my favorites because it's, I don't know, it was just like captured a moment in time where I was like very influenced by like Australian music and like just melodic and like Mm -hmm. synths it's all like synthesizers everything here is just like the Moog Rogue and like the the Juno 6 and the the TB and like a bunch of like synths everywhere so I was like this is the Juno 6 yeah yeah. do you have a favorite Australian artist Oof, there are too Minogue. many. There are too many. Um, we probably named most of them already, I guess. Yeah, I probably named most of them. <laughs> yep. But like, what's his name? Wow, the guy I saw at, um, wow, at Rainbow one time. He's insane. And his wife is like really nice. He does like a bass sort of thing. Uh, not, not Grouch? No. He's, not Grouch. Well, Grouch is he's, one he's of my favorites for uh-huh. sure. Uh, I forgot his name. Good question. Uh, he's, he's into the whole, um, ah, never mind, I don't remember his name, but he's, he was really no, good. No, no, he's like the biggest one. One of the biggest ones in the electronic scene. Oh, well, we'll, we'll have to... Um, it, it's, it's more of a bassy kind of thing. Yeah, we will have to... Um, he plays I've, every I've, rainbow. I've, I've, got, I've got the old rainbow. The rainbow Opio. Sometimes. Oh, Opio, yeah. Oh, yeah Opio right. is definitely, yeah, easily <laughs> one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, stuff like that. And, like, all the guys from Xenon, you know, like... Mm-hmm. You've said the list of, um, you've mentioned the list of um, labels that I'm, I worked with in the past, but I'm like, I feel like a soul artist of like Stereo Society on one end because it's a label that I'm part of with sure. a bunch of amazing artists and Zenon on the other hand, which I released music there and I had the honor of like doing the compilation for them and working mm-hmm. with basically 80% of the artists there. Yeah. Zenon is definitely a stamp in my career. This is this is the label that gives yeah. me most of my power when I look for intelligent, psychedelic, minimal, outer spacey sort of music. Mm-hmm. Zenon is where I turn to. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, you mentioned before about um, the hardware. Actually, I'll just turn this back down a bit. You mentioned before about the hardware. 
Um, I remember when I did meet you at the Kings Lake Little Doof, how much of a bit of a hardware geek you were and that you were changing your sound and looking to incorporate a lot more 80s synths. Um, and when we look at some of your YouTube videos, we can see your awesome setup. Um, I guess, <laughs> what, what's your favourite piece of equipment to use and um, how often are you buying new stuff? <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, I haven't bought anything new in a while, for which, which I'm not happy about. I'm going to like do it soon because I want to write a new... I'm thinking of writing like a lot of new music and I need new source of inspirations, mm -hmm. which for me means new synthesizers. Yeah. So it's going to happen soon. But my favorite, I don't know, my it's like asking what's my favorite part of my body, you know what I mean? Like I don't see myself <laughs> writing a track without any of my synths, you know what I mean? Like I, I would basically say that the Oberheim Sam, which is a synth from like 19, 1976, yeah. it's a one voice synth which basically pff, i used it in all of my albums and like uh, all of my tracks and mm -hmm. and and it's just this amazing piece of equipment uh so i used that one and i used all all of that like in all the um the pink floyd oriented um solos i i used from the moog the rogue which is one of my favorites the um the 101, the Sage, definitely a, a huge, amazing techno machine, yeah. which that's how I call it. And uh, the, the Juno 6, which I use in all of my tracks as well. I'm like, these, these are my main, um, these are my main machines to make music, you know what I mean? Like I use, if I want to use the, um, all of the machines and 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 I don't see myself making music without any one of them and I use the VSTs and stuff like that for yep. like help or like closing you know like closing this this little things that I can't or like don't want to do on my synthesizers but all the main ideas all the main sounds in my album and and my music in the past 3 or 4 years came from the synthesizers there. yeah cool um I've only got a couple of questions left, Julian. Do you, if you've got any, or you have a, have a bit of a think. Paradigm was an awesome event. After Dime is coming up, After Dime 2.0, where you're featuring with Cold Blue and Factor B. Um, you played at Coffs Harbour last week, is that right? How was that experience? Fun. I love Coffs Harbour. I mm -hmm. haven't been there in the last four years, so it was yeah. good to be back. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just an amazing location. Yeah. Um, so it was banana. so much fun. Huh? See the big banana? Uh, I've seen it yeah. <laughs> on the way on the road. Yep. Uh, yeah, it was fun to play there, and and it's always good to be there. I mean, the nature there is amazing, and yeah. people like very. They want to they want to hear intelligent music, which yeah. which is very good to see. Yes. Um. So yeah, it was an amazing experience. Yeah. Are there any festivals that you have yet to play at that you would like to? I haven't done Boom yet, mm. which I really want to do. Have you actually been to Boom? No, not yet. Yep. I've done Azura. Boom, boom and 2020 that, could be like, a special yeah, yeah, party, maybe. I think. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. So Boom is definitely one party yeah. that I'd like to play. And Yeah, we had uh, your Azura set up um, yeah. there when you walked in. How was, how was playing at Azura? <sighs> wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I just uploaded the full movie from uh, from Azura, actually. Yeah. It was... It's the latest one that comes up when you have a look on YouTube. Yeah, and just like an electrifying experience, you know, like... What was with the setup? Sorry to cut you off. With the That's dance floor, I noticed they had like a big walkway yeah, down the middle. So stupid. Yeah, they had this um, Hungarian law that says that every party with above five thousand people has to um, have a separation like a in yeah. the middle in case something happens. Yeah. <laughs> but at some point, they just took it off and they said, "Like fuck it, we don't like it." Oh, and, did they really? Yeah. They yeah. Did. Um, but it, it was yeah. yet again. It was 
an amazing experience and, and mm. I loved every second of it. Did you go on the um the Ferris wheel? Yeah, thing yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I did everything. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> I just maze? I just dropped acid after my set and I was like <laughs> in Wonderland. It was yeah. it was such an amazing psychedelic experience and yep. I learned so much from playing there, you know what I mean? Yeah. Even that's one of the reasons I do the um, those videos because mm. I want to see myself um, playing and and I learn a lot from like mm. what I should do differently. Yeah. I don't see, like I see it and like ninety percent of the time I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> Why am I doing this shit? Because I'm yeah. like very very um, I'm, I'm my biggest critic. You know yeah, what I mean? Like I hate everything. I don't hate, but I'm not happy with anything. Yeah, you can do. always do something. Whatever you've done, you can always do it yeah. better somehow. Yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm not happy with any track I did besides recycled which i'm like very proud of mm -hmm. but like aside from that i'm not 100 percent happy with anything I've, I've done before so mm -hmm. i'm like i'm like my biggest critic and i always hear the um, the errors and like the minuses rather than the good stuff yeah how often so, do you actually listen back to a set you might like if you record a set at a like, yeah, i, I like try to listen or, i yeah. try to listen to it like um usually it makes me really uncomfortable to mm. to like hear my own music yeah you know what i mean like I, it makes me feel weird because yeah. i'm like I, I just the problem is that I hear all the all the errors and mm. all the minuses. I don't I don't hear the pluses. They're not even the necessarily problem. errors. They're just something you could have done differently. Sometimes exactly. Yeah. But but Reshef Captain Hook told me something really very um, inspiring two days ago. He said something like, "Even Marshmallow was a point in time when once you like when you wrote that track when you wrote that piece mm. you were very happy with it so yeah. you should respect the place you were back then yeah definitely. and i think five or six years later what if what i could have done better mm. because this was the best you could have done back then and you should be happy with what you've done so i'm yeah. trying to like get into that zone and be happy with stuff that i've done before because yeah. you can always do better mm -hmm. But um, yeah, that's that's kind of my vibe right now. I'm trying to really get to that place yeah. again. When when you are um, playing your set, um, how conscious are you of the key of the next track to the previous very one? Very conscious. Or? Yeah. Very very conscious. I, I try to start very low mm -hmm. and finish uh, a bit higher because yep. like I feel like there's a bunch of energy mm. which is more deep and 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 heavy in the yep. lower notes which yep. is like c and d and like yeah. all that area and that's that's how i start usually i start my sets very low yeah. and like subby yeah. and i try to finish up at like a higher point or like yeah. i don't know f sharp mm -hmm. g in my in my uh, in my yeah. case yeah. but if 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 a d track has like a high energy then definitely you can play it in yeah. the beginning or in the end but it's just like i feel like my music is just like i'm very conscious because i don't want the mixes to sound um in like the wrong key you yeah. know what i mean and yeah. and i really want to build that story and in order to build a story from a to z you have yeah, to be very conscious about the keys and and like the whole musicality of your set yeah so i don't just throw tracks the only problem in my opinion like in my music mm -hmm. i have a lot of problems but one of one of the biggest problems is that every track track fucking sounds completely different than the <laughs> other one it's just yeah. it's just random stories so it's yep. very hard for me to get to a point where i can just connect everything into yep. one so what i do is like even this week after paradigm mm -hmm. all i've been doing ever since just like sitting and writing 
mm. um, track lists yeah, all okay. the time. Like which track I should play after another, you yeah. know, like I'm And you'll just... find like a three or four track sequence that work really well together. Yeah, you yeah. It's just there, something so. that mixes well, you know, it's yeah. very hard to find it. And if does that's again Reshef and Yuli, they know how to do it because mm. their music just sounds like one piece. You know, when Reshef is playing, it sounds like a one huge track from the yeah. beginning till the end. And that's something that I don't know how to do. So mm. I just I try to tell a story my way. I don't yeah. like to um compare myself but i love how these people are doing it you know and these artists yeah. yeah a real quick easy question well actually probably not that easy but um as you can see we're big fans of mr boris um do you have a favorite boris pressure track Ooh. uh it starts now it's probably one of my favorites yeah. um we're actually pretty good friends. We were on tour here a couple of years ago and we got... Um, oh, that was the Electric Pride tour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he's such a nice guy. And then we played Tomorrowland together last year and I was sitting yeah, well. there with a friend and then suddenly someone smacked me in the head. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? I was turning around and it was like, Boris, I'm like, Boris. It's all good to see him, man. He's, he's such a killer guy. Yep. He's an amazing artist. He's, he's like very unique and yeah. you know, just like he's, he's a huge influence. So yeah. yeah, so it starts now. It's probably... It starts or it sounds, I don't remember yeah. the name of it. That was, that's one of my favorites. Yep. And hopefully he comes back to Australia very soon. He was supposed to come at the end of last year, but got an ear infection just before he was supposed to come and play. Ouch. So it had to cancel, unfortunately. But um, yeah, well, we hope to see him soon because we know we'll be front row and fanboying it. Definitely. Now, to the final question. This is a question we ask all artists. So um, if you've done your homework, you might be prepared. <laughs> um, but well, I'll ask you, and whilst you... Um, I'll give you some time to ponder um, and do your plugs and all that sort of thing whilst you're thinking. Um, so if you could ask any person, living or dead, from any time, any question, who is the person and what is the question? So whilst uh, Sharaf thinks about that, um, you can find him on Instagram at Freedom Fighters, spelt how it sounds. Also on SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, as you mentioned, you just put the Azora set up there. You can find the albums Rebel, Edge, and all of the great tunes that we've discussed throughout this. I'll have links in the description. Um, thank you very much for being here. Thank um, you for having me. It's no worries. Great honor. And before we get to your answer, one other uh, tradition we have here is we like to give our guests a bottle of, of wine. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, not sponsored by this this brand uh, or this label but we'd like to tie it in somehow to the artist so um whilst songs like yours uh like marshmallows for example have taken us on some very wonky journeys and things like an encounter have taken us to um some magical places this one here is um hopefully well where, where are you taking us all yeah to, to the promised land i love it thank you very much thank you thank you no thank you thank, thank you thank wow. you for Amazing. um giving us you so your much. time <laughs> uh, you know you're My very pleasure. Busy. um okay so now who are you asking the question to Ooh, and what is the question uh, i would freedom fighters yeah i would i would ask jim morrison mm -hmm. what was it like to be the biggest musician of all time <laughs> and like the biggest rock star and the biggest is like the dolls are basically my biggest influences yeah. growing up as a child yeah. um and my father's as well mm -hmm. he used to call them the dolls in hebrew which was so weird when we grew up i'm like i didn't know like it's how you, <laughs> they used to call them uh, adlatot which means the dolls in, in english and yeah. he used to have like records of them and i was like so i would probably ask him what was it like yeah you know, like the studio and like the sessions. How did you come up with all this yeah. amazing 
music. And they were allowed actual real time to bring a release out, not like yeah, rock bands these yeah, days. Yeah. How did you make music back then? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what, what made you go into the studio? How did you write stuff like, you know, like, Light My Fire and like Riders, Riders on the yeah. Storm? And Riders on the Storm. Definitely. You know, <laughs> like, I mean, I just imagine stuff like Riders on the Storm being, it's just like a transcendental experience. Yeah. Transcendental experience. When, what, what do you think his answer would be? Wow. Well, well, we just did it, you know, like we just uh, we just did a bunch of drugs and we sat in the studio <laughs> and it was synthesizers and uh, we just made music and that's it. So it has been. That's not. probably how it happened, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no, yeah. that's the thing that I want to say that's very important to young producers and, you know, like this, is a, this is an important message. There are no shortcuts, mm-hmm. not in productions, I mean, not in production, not in music making, not in, in touring, nothing. There are no shortcuts and yeah. and. It's all a test throughout time. Mm-hmm. You can take the stairs. Mm-hmm. It will take a longer, like a lot, a lot of time, but you will, you know, you'll get to where you're supposed to get mm-hmm. using hard work. Or you mm-hmm. can take the elevator, but you, I'm not sure you're gonna know what to do once you're up there. You know yeah. what I mean? It has to come. It has to come from 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 downstairs, you know yeah. what I mean. It has to come from from the underground in a yeah. way. I take um, the stairs around the outside. Exactly, you get to and take everything in on the way up as yeah. well as part of the journey. And there are no secrets, not in production, not in touring, not anything. You know, like sometimes people ask me, "But how do you do it? How does the bass sound like this? How does the music?" I, I have no fucking idea, dude. <laughs> I just noodle shit around until it sounds good, and and I trust my ears. Okay, well, I don't I try to sound like anyone else. That's the most important thing. <laughs> well, I think you've just answered your own question there because a lot of people look to you the way that you look to Jim Morrison. So I think that the way that you just answered that is kind of how he might answer his. <laughs> Probably that's what I said. I know, I know. I, I, it's just like some people created art that will stay here for eth- eternity, mm-hmm. and I think Jim Morrison and like the Doors were part of that, yeah. definitely, obviously. Sure. But um, I don't know. I don't think the I don't think there are shortcuts. Mm-hmm. You know, like producers nowadays, this whole Instagram era of yeah. like people living their lives through other people and through their phones and they'll show that this is the right way to do and we have to do this we have to have really a, like a bunch of followers and like there's no bad thing about promo use it it's a good thing but in the end of the day the essence is the music and if your music sucks you can have the best promo in the world you won't last in 10 years yeah, exactly. so make sure your art is at least as good as your promo yes Sure. <laughs> and I think that's one thing that um, we got out of the Nanoplex guys as well. As they said, you can have hundreds of thousands of followers, but at the end, you want it to be genuine followers and people when you know you're going to it, that you're going to have your core fan base and, and the ones that are you're actually properly connecting with. As well. That's that's why I never paid a dollar for any Instagram like follower. You yeah, know what sure. I mean? I just let it happen. Yeah. Uh, naturally, it's same, a good day will come. Yes, that same thing about SoundCloud. There's like a hundred thousand fans there, and I know people with half a million, but yeah. I I know. That my 100,000 came because they enjoyed the music. They yeah. enjoyed what I had to say. Same thing goes for the Instagram. You know what mm. I mean? A lot of companies approached me saying like, give us your profile. We'll do this. We'll do that. You'll have more followers. I don't fucking want it. <laughs> I want someone who likes my music and wants to see uh, um, an insight into my personal and uh, musical life to just mm. look me up, find me and follow me if he enjoys my shit. If yeah. not... 
feel free to like dislike <laughs> me or not follow me or unfollow me. Yeah. Well, we definitely won't be unfollowing you. We definitely like your shit. <laughs> thank um, you. Is there anyone else you would like to thank or anything uh, Anything else you want us to mention? Anything upcoming gigs, releases? Anything like that? Um, just, uh, just I really want to give a shout out to like Stereo Society, mm-hmm. um, my new label, um, my new label. It's my label with um, with GMS and Pixel and Deckel and Modus and Ori, which is my agent and one of my best friends. Yes. And um, we're so doing... We're, we're, where are they all based? So. Uh, they're based in Israel, yes. all of them. Um, besides Sun Project that we have, that they are based in Germany. But I'm just, I'm very proud of this group of musicians because the quality level in that label, mm-hmm. it, for me, is one of the highest that this scene has to yeah. offer. And I think we we started, like we're starting small, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be a huge thing and I'm I'm super excited about it and I hope people will mm-hmm. check out the releases on Stereo Society, not just mine, just like yeah. other, like Deco and Modus and uh, Three of Life and Pixel, they're all doing fucking magical things. Yeah. And, and awesome stuff. Yeah, definitely and domestic, obviously, is the king. So yeah, <laughs> so definitely follow yeah. them. Well, you've got us excited for it. Do you have yeah. any questions for Julian or myself? Oh yeah. Um, I, where, where do you see yourself in a year with this show? Like, where do you want it to get? Like, how do you see it evolve? Like, where do you want to get with this show? Like, that's a very good question. Um, well, it's very hard when you have goals like interviewing people such as yourself and Perfect Stranger, and we've uh, managed to achieve them within probably about six months of starting the show. Um, I think naturally, uh, we mentioned to you we're about to launch we'll launch a YouTube. Uh, channel which will have highlights um, and the full interviews uh, probably similar to how Joe Rogan or The Ringer does it with um, their sports with Bill Simmons. Personally I'd like to see it progress a little bit more beyond music so whilst we'll stay true to the techno beat and um, and artists like yourself touring and helping um, raise the profile of, of local artists and, and their parties I'd like it to go to ext- extend into um, like talking to like high level athletes just different thinkers that help i guess broaden our mind and our experiences and learn from you might have people who work with people with disabilities to come on and talk about their experiences to the hell they can help how how they help the world or yeah i think just probably the broad spectrum of the community um so we can learn from all of our experiences uh you might have the bloke who's a real estate agent who um is big in sales and has and people skills are important that might have some advice that could help people who might be a bit shy you might also have a teacher that comes on and explains something more about science that we might not think about or um, sustainability for the, the help of the environment just to things that we, i guess we learn a little bit at, at festivals that can get brought to the, the greater community as well like you see the, the values that something like rainbow serpent how they are talking about the future of the planet and how we can, I guess, incorporate some of that into our everyday lives, whether it's not eating animals or like um, just being good to people, I suppose. I, th- I think that's where I see it going, I guess. Plus, hopefully making some better tunes so we can share them to the world. And, Amen. Um, and then that way I don't have to do it with my voice all the time. I can do it with the <laughs> tunes and, and then let people... Yeah, um, let the music speak for yeah, you. and leave it open to people to interpret themselves like what you do with your music or, or your lease and that sort of thing. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, good, yeah. very good answer. <laughs> thank you. It was a very good question. Good like. Um, now I know how it feels to be put on the spot. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. You've got me. a dinner to go to. Thank Obrigados. You. Obrigado. Vamos. Thank you. <laughs> Massive thank you once again to Shahaf Efrat, aka Freedom Fighters from the Omega label and of course to Lev and the Paradigm team for making that awesome podcast happen. You can watch clips from that interview on our DoofTube YouTube channel. And there's a playlist there called the TB Podcast, which has all of our latest episodes and highlights from that particular one with Freedom Fighters available for you to watch right on your couch. 
You can also get Freedom Fighters' latest release, Re-Recycled, which recently came out on the Stereo Society label. That's available on Beatport and features remixes of the track Recycled with all the big names we mentioned there, Perfect Stranger, Merkabar, Morton Grenou, Will Atkinson, and the Domestic and Freedom Fighters revision also. So check that one out. It's just under 10 bucks. Get on get on Beatport and uh, support another great act that we've had here on the podcast in Mr. Sharaf Efrat, Freedom Fighters. Now... Before we get to our track of the week, don't forget to check out trentoff.com and also tickets for Hologram 2.0 available through their Facebook page or inbox us at the TB Podcast and we'll let you know how we can get you some specially discounted tickets for Hologram 2.0 at Festival Hall on September 26, which is Grand Final Eve Eve, the public holiday on the Friday, this party's on the Thursday, then on the Saturday night, My Aeon Events presenting with Paradigm, Liquid Soul and Perspective at My Aeon on Sydney Road in Brunswick. Now, for our track of the week, it's a bit rare that I do this, and I've never actually featured a track I've been involved with making on the pod before, but we did mention in this episode a track where we sampled Men in Black called Looking for K for uh, one of our SAE EPs. The sample here was taken from the Men in Black 3 trailer where Agent J is looking for Agent K, and yes, this was used for educational purposes only but we thought it would be a great way for us to take people on an exponential journey, I suppose. I can't and won't take any of the credit really for the musical production on this one. I was partnered with two excellent producers in Gurav and Audi, also known as JKs and Noosa. Ooh, wait, here comes the first drop. thought you might like that one. So back to the boys on this track. JKs, J-A-Y-D-K-A-Y-S. And if you put in uh, JKs on SoundCloud, uh, this does come up. Or Also, I've got a playlist with it. This EP is called Awakenings. Uh, Audi is, also goes by the name Noosa, N-O-O-S-A. Uh, and together, the three of us made the trio called Lone Survivor, uh, in which this five-track EP we actually produced in 5.1. Uh, it'll only come through in two channels here through uh, the upload, but if you want to hear it in 5.1 surround sound, definitely inbox me and I can send it to you because therefore it is best experience at a home theatre system or in a car. Uh, this was made at SAE Studios in Port Melbourne just over 12 months ago, actually, July 2018. Basically, it's a journey from light melodic playground techno. We then launch you into the depths of the universe through outer space sidetrance before bringing you safely back into an enlightening state through inspirational and intelligent vocal samples. This is your awakening. Enjoy your ride on this electronic emotional roller coaster. That is for the full EP, which is five tracks. Um, but the feature track off this one, we actually modeled it off Marshmallows. We were taught basically to have a reference track in our production, uh, especially when trying a new genre. And Marshmallows was a big influence on this track, uh, which you can probably tell by the structure of it. And this is our version of Marshmallows. Thanks again to Guru Aldi, JK's Noosa. Together we were Lone Survivor. This is from the EP Awakening. It's called Looking for K. And a massive thanks again to Freedom Fighters for being on this episode of the TB Podcast. Have a great week, everybody. Obrigados. Vamos.
get you, Barbara. Stop it! You're ignorant! They're coming for you, Barbara. Stop it! You're acting like a child! Thank you.